Okay, we've got Gene Homerud with the Coalition of Arizona Bicyclists, an advocacy group statewide in Arizona, and we've got Carrie Wilcoxon, traffic engineer with the City of Phoenix Street Department. How are you guys doing? Good. Hi, Nick. Good. Sorry, Gary. <laughs> no, and, I'm Gene. Hi. And, Hi, Carrie. And hey, and um, we wanted to uh, talk about what makes Phoenix a bike-friendly city. And if uh, I don't know if, if it even has that reputation, I actually got turned on to this by somebody saying, you know, nobody realizes that Phoenix is a bike-friendly city. What do you think about that? Well, I can say uh, the city of Phoenix has, has been promoting and helping uh, the last several years. and worked with Kerry you know, officially, and at the same time I, I uh, teach classes. I'm a league cycling instructor uh, out of the League of American Bicyclists mm-hmm. uh, you know, for the coalition. And um, uh, we proceed to make uh, you know, Phoenix and, and riding safer along the way. Uh, no, we're not perfect. Um, there are other communities in the, in the valley that do have uh, uh, rated as actually friendly communities by the league, but uh, we're striving for that too. So you're rated. Are you? How are you rated? Uh, Phoenix is not, but. Uh, other communities in, in the valley uh, okay. have—I forget the particular numbers. Uh, I think Scottsdale and Tempe are um, listed as official bike-friendly cities. I think Glendale and um, either Gilbert or Chandler. Yeah, it might be as well. So, why not Phoenix? Ah, uh, it's a great question. We've got. Um, Speaking from the city of Phoenix, um, we've uh, probably in the last uh, 10 years really started to uh, try and incorporate bicycling into our uh, sort of our master plan for uh, for um, transportation. Really, uh, we've got the roads, we've got the uh, street grid that allows us to pretty much uh, go anywhere by bike. Um, what we've really been lacking, I think, has been the advocacy, um, and really on the um, on the governmental level, um, we um, have had a, a bike coordinator for um, for a while, uh, but that fund or that uh, position was recently cut um, as uh, budget cuts took hold. We had um, wanted as a long-term plan. A, um, actually, in the in the short term as well, uh, we've been looking at uh, getting bike friendly status, and um, that was just one of the things that fell victim to the to the budget cuts. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, that being said, we still have um, you know we have uh, depending on who you ask, uh, we still have uh, certain parts of the community that are probably more uh, bike friendly or bike aware than uh, than others. And what do you mean? It can vary by uh, council district a little bit, too. Absolutely. To to be fair, um, citywide financial crisis has been going on for about a a year, and it really kind of hit earlier this year. And um, that hit, you know, and Uh nationwide that's been the case. So you can't can't point your finger at Phoenix saying, you know, they're not still trying. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, some of the things that uh, we have done, uh, Kerry talked about uh, uh, the grid. We're talking about bike lanes and, and bike paths. 
along the canals are, are pretty good. Uh, there's one called, called the ACDC, Arizona uh, Diversion Channel. I forget what the one is. Uh, they've really got uh, about at least 20 miles long, and it has underpasses under uh, all the streets along the way. The trail goes a little bit farther than that, but you know, some of those you do have to stop and, and wait for traffic. Uh, the Valley Metro bus system, um, every bus has uh, a rack, holds two or three uh, bikes, and averaging more than a, a million loadings per year, okay. all, all the systems. That sounds good. Uh, our light rail that uh, started up this last uh, December, it's like 21 miles. It's a starter system of you know, great plans of 60-some-odd miles. Uh, they're very, very bike friendly, and uh, that's not just because they put my picture on the, on the front of the uh, safety busher. Your <laughs> I picture. I ride myself regularly, and and there's bikes. You know, half half the time the bikes are racks are full, and there's still more bike people holding bikes. In fact, we actually have uh, four racks per um, per vehicle, which is twice the federal standard. Can I can I ask why why is your picture on the um the racks is, is that oh, like happened to be in the right place at the right time. There was a, um, a conference called Friends of Transit. It was held about six months before it opened, eight or nine months before it opened, uh, at the light rail facility, and, and they promised um, uh, rides on the in the maintenance facility. And I normally ride whenever I can anyway, and it's about eh, eight nine miles from my home, and so I, I fell in that day and. Somebody had a camera when I was standing there, and they gave me the, um, emailed me the uh, image. And uh, when light rails people themselves, by this time they they had um, heard me say several times how important bicycling is to uh, possible customers, and um, they uh, sent me an email saying, uh, "Mind if we use your picture?" And I said, "No, mm-hmm. no." no. Mm-hmm. The rest is history. <laughs> yeah, that's big. That's big. At about that same time, Carrie said to me in a meeting, you're famous. I said, huh? <laughs> mm-hmm. oh. uh, Steve here has a question. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, wait. Um, Hold on. Steve, Steve has a question. Lanes. Okay. Yeah. Um, and um, I like to think that our advocacy and the education that I'm intentionally involved in, you know, make... I think bicycling better in the, in the valley, in Phoenix in particular. Yeah, maybe you could tell us a little bit about um, the the league. Yeah, League of American Bicyclists. Mm-hmm. It actually started about because um, you're 1970 as the League of American Wheelmen. You remember the big bikes with the giant wheels? Yeah, the penny the farms. The name Wheelman is uh, got to be used for people that, that used it. And um, they were lobbying and, and getting roads built between cities that could be used for uh, these bicycles, being uh, needing a little bit different uh, type of road than uh, the horse-drawn carts and things like that were going on. And what some 20 years later, uh, this newfangled device came over and, and kind of took over the roads from us. Um, mm. It's kind of been reconstituted a little bit, but we do have that. Uh, we lobby Washington, D.C. I've been to D.C. twice. 
talking about the horseless carriage. Doing that for at least five years. Uh, particular issues before Congress. Uh, Congressman Blumenthal of the uh, Portland area, Portland, Oregon, is is uh, the leader of that. That's hmm. uh, worthwhile. But along the way, there was a um, John Allen that put together a class at uh, Massachusetts Institute of Technology called Effective Cycling. And he published a book and uh, was teaching this class, and the, the league picked up on it. Uh, we've departed, so to speak. Uh, the league has gone its own way. But it looks at, at accident, statistics, accident, or we don't like that word, collision statistics, uh, injuries reported, what they, how they happened, who was at fault, what the cyclist was doing, and you know, we incorporate you know, how to avoid these and techniques uh, make it safer for you. For example, do you know the, the best way to start a, a sh- quick right turn? The best way to start a quick right turn? Mm-hmm. Uh, turn your handlebars to the left. Huh. That's going to lean you to the right, and then, of course, you follow. Huh. It, it's the lean that turns. Handlebars are only there for setting balance. And uh, setting, you know, the result of balance is, is a lean. You knew that, Steve? Uh, or straight. And if you do get it into a lean to get the, the turn to actually occur. And so to get it... Lean to the right real quickly, and you do a quick turn to the left, and then follow it around. Hmm. And we also have a quick stop maneuver, and we have what's called a rock dodge. Um, these are things that, after all the anticipating and all of the uh, uh, knowledge of, of laws and what motorists and what cyclists should do, uh, if somebody flat out turns right in front of you at the last incident. These maneuvers will either prevent a collision or certainly drastically reduce your risk. Wow, and that's counterintuitive. Absolutely, yes. Yeah, we teach that. Um, Very similar to motorcycle um, driving as well. You, Mm -hmm. uh, when you're at a high enough speed or just a you know reasonable speed, um, you uh, lean kind of the opposite, or you actually turn your wheel the opposite way, um, and it, uh, the rotation of the tires pulls you through or pulls you into the turn. Hmm. This could be something that everybody knows but me. <laughs> gotcha. Well, you're actually doing it. You may not realize it. It's yeah. just, as you, as, as you learn, you're, oh, yeah, this gets me. No, a lot of people, um, when you make a normal turn, you're anticipating a the corner or wherever it is you're going you're to turn, and, and you start a lean just you know naturally, and, and then the lean gets you there. You know this maneuver we call the, you know, the quick turn is when you suddenly realize you've got to do something right now, and um, mm-hmm. so we you know accentuate the process, you know hasten the process. Hmm. And, um, so you I'm do like also drills? involved in uh, uh, rail. Uh, safety and advocacy, uh, especially, um, I talked about the light rail, but at the same time, um, you know, crossing tracks, um, there's a lot of bumpy rail crossings out there, and approaching those 
at 90 degrees is a safe way to do it. There are modern crossings that have you know, they're smooth concrete, they have narrow flange gaps. The flange gaps is, the, is the, the inside of the rail wheel extends down deeper, long runs on the inside of the rail. When you cross the road, you have to leave gaps in the, in the uh, pavement for that flange that's on the, on the train wheel to, to uh, get through. Mm-hmm. Getting a wheel caught in a flange gap you will meet the ground. Hmm. So that's the reason for uh, a bad railroad crossing to go at 90 degrees. And But these modern ones that I just mentioned are a little bit better, and uh, federal specs vary uh, something like 45 degrees and, and 60 degrees, I've seen literature. Uh, yeah, you can, you can get by you know, not going at right angle. But um, uh, if your wheel drops down into that groove, you uh, you will meet the pavement, and uh, so we teach that. Also, uh, hold your pedals level, raise up slightly off the seat so that your your uh, knees are are taking the bumps. Mm-hmm. Now that also applies to variations in pavement. It applies to cattle guards. It applies to potholes. So mm-hmm. all these techniques. Yeah. I mean, the same technique is going to help you in, I in do all that. these conditions. I think I do that one. Okay. So if somebody wants to take this course, they can. They can. Is it? Is it expensive? Is it reasonable? Uh, it varies. Uh, we used to give it uh, free with a, a membership. Membership was like thirty-five dollars. Um, recently we got, or just about a year ago, we got some grants, and so last term, and I hope again this fall, this term, fall, winter, we'll be offering it uh, without charge. And it's available across the country, too, probably. Uh, yeah, no, that's, those were uh, the Coalition Arizona Bicyclist numbers. Um, what the charges are at uh, other locations. Uh, you can actually go to... Um, you know, bikeleague.org, mm-hmm. and uh, there's an education link, and then you can search by, mm-hmm. by state to uh, find out who is putting on the classes. Okay. So I think we might have gotten into a little bit of a detour. or, or I mean, I guess that's all about bike, how Phoenix is bike-friendly. Sure. Do we want to oh, get, get, okay. get back to um, how Phoenix is bike-friendly and in relation to, I, I mean, I think in your email you said the, the there's a lot of advocates on the city council, for one thing. Is that true? I'm thinking Stanton, but but he um, he took another position uh, recently. Carrie, yeah. are you up to date on that? Uh, so I know that Simplot has been uh, also Simplot, been a, yeah. a pretty good bike advocate. He he's got the district that's in the uh, Tom Simplot is the name of the um, the uh, councilman. He's uh, got the district in the central part of the city. Um, Mayor Gordon himself is a... Uh, Mayor Gordon uh, as well, yeah. Um, right, and the, sometimes. They both participated in the Bike to Work days uh, periodically. Oh, that's another thing, Bike to Work Week. Yeah. You just had a Bike to Work Week. Yeah, well, we uh, we do ours a little bit sooner than the rest of the country, but... Uh, <laughs> 
and I'd like to say, you know, there's like 360 days of, of good weather in, in Arizona, and and you may say, yeah, well, but three months of it is over 100 degrees. Well, before I retired, I, I commuted uh, two to three days a week, and um, uh, summertime, wintertime, both. Only difference was is how charged up I needed to have my uh, battery, so I had light, light to and from. Well, Carrie, Carrie, you're the you're in the sort of the the decision making body, right? For I mean, I don't know if they're decision making, but you have a lot of influence, I would imagine, or some influence. Um, I think some influence is probably the best way to describe it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wouldn't hold you that, Gary. <laughs> yeah. So, so what did you? Um, yeah, we were the uh, the bike advocate uh, for the city or for the street department. It used to work for me, and uh, before his position was cut, and um, uh, I do uh, bike to work occasionally. I bike down. I'm one of the people who started biking once the metro opened up. I'll bike down about four miles to, from my house to the metro line and, and catch that. But um, we, um, we've been trying to look at, yeah, in our street grid, um, improving connectivity uh, with the, uh, among the bike lanes. Um, the goal um, for, uh, for the budget, uh, budget cuts, and, and still to some extent, uh, the goal is to... Uh, be able to develop a uh, more formal grid system for our bike paths so that, um, for instance, if I wanted to go, uh, you know, if I, li- if I was new to Phoenix and wanted to um, uh, go to uh, someplace uptown or, you know, wherever, anywhere in Phoenix, mm-hmm. I'd go to Google Maps or Yahoo Maps and uh, type in my destination, my starting point, my destination, and it would plot out a uh, course for me, roads that I can take to get to mm. wherever I wanted to go. Mm. But it assumes that I'm traveling by car. What I'd ultimately like to be able to do is have something similar to that, but uh, for bike routes right. or for bike trips where you could um, go to the city grid map and say, hey, I live in this part of town, I want to go to this part of town, how do I bike there? And be reasonably certain that the map that's printed out will be able to give you a course uh, that is uh, a contiguous bike path, mm-hmm. uh, whether it uses the surface streets, the trails, or the canals. Uh, you'd be able to go from point A to point B in a convenient manner. Um, yeah. Sounds great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. you need obviously Actually, parts to that, but the most important part, uh, as far as we're concerned, um, is uh, just having the street grid um, system laid out, having the bike lanes present, um, and having them maintained to the point where, you know, they're not the dumping grounds for uh, all the road debris. Um, those things are, you know, we're getting there, but um, we've got a ways to go. I believe Google Maps, uh, I heard about this at the uh, this last March in, in D.C., uh, they're extending it to uh, mass transit mm-hmm. where they uh, will work with the with the individual uh, operations of, of the uh, bus systems, and they'll put those in. And there was a hint that uh, uh, bicycling could be included. Right. That'd be so, nice. Yeah. Do you guys have a an active uh, bike activist community in Phoenix like we do in L.A.? Like like people who are pushing for, you know, for, for more of these 
these things for bikers' well, rights and part of what we do in the coalition. And there's other organizations. Um, there's Arizona Bicycling Club, ABC, they call it. They're uh, they're mostly in the, in the valley, Phoenix and, and surrounding cities. Uh, there's Phoenix Metro. Uh, they're on. They they put on rides. Uh, there's one called Tempe Bicycle Action Group, T-Bag for short. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're quite active. They also have a, um, a bike saviors, they call it. They, uh, they recycle bike parts into um, uh, bicycle, usable bicycles for um, uh, people that are, shall we say, economically challenged. Yeah, I think we might actually talk to Patrick Lee from, uh, from that group. Ah, you gotcha. Yeah, I've got a bunch of parts in my garage that I, I want to get to them. Okay. So, and we've uh, uh, talked to the state legislature. There was an effort this last spring to uh, revamp the, the state laws. And, of course, the state laws are uh, filtered to the cities, too. So what's done at the state level that shows up in the, uh, in the cities. Um, a few things like a... Uh, the three-foot passing rule that we have, uh, we're going to strengthen that, and we're going to allow that uh, to the two-way lane, uh, the two-way left-turn lanes that you see in streets. Mm-hmm. Uh, normally, passing using that to pass a, another vehicle is, is forbidden, but for an automobile to motor vehicle to uh, achieve the three-foot clearance of a, of a passing bicyclist or a running bicyclist. They could use the two-way left turn, you know, assuming that somebody wasn't stopped in it, waiting to make a left turn, or was just coming in. Yeah, if it was available, and you could use it. Um, so this is a way of of bike, bicyclists to use the left turn. Is that what you're saying? Uh, well, no, bicyclists can do that normally when they're making turns. No, we're just saying that uh, motor uh, when a bicyclist is going along the road, a motor vehicle is supposed to leave at least three feet clearance. That's from you know the left edge of my mirror as a cyclist to the right edge of his right mirror, <laughs> you know, three foot clearance uh, to pass, and of course that's really a bare minimum. But it, that's what's in the, in the state law. Now sometimes roads are you know too narrow to do that, in which case the bicyclist has, does have the right to the whole lane. Now one particular exception what we tried to get put in was that uh, should there be a two way left turn lane uh it's you know what those are right a two-way left turn lane uh i is that where you go left and the person coming opposite you yeah they're they're marked by a uh, solid line then a dash line mm-hmm. but on both sides okay and uh whatever direction you can use it uh to make a left turn or you know to to leave the road or to come back into the road, mm-hmm. make a left turn. Well, normally you're not supposed to use those two-way left turn lanes to to pass a car in the same direction that you're going. Uh, well, the exception we were asking for would allow a motorist to use that to move over a little bit to give the bicyclist the, the safe distance, hmm. three feet or hopefully more. Okay. It's an eighteen-wheeler. I'd like at least like five feet. If you know what um, I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think Steve has a question. Yeah. Hello, guys. Um, oh, hi. I'm Stephen. 
Nick's right. co-host. Um, one thing you mentioned earlier in the conversation was that in many of the buses in Phoenix, they can accommodate four bikes on their bike rack? Uh, the light rail oh, has the light. four racks per vehicle, and, and a light rail train consists of one, two, or three uh, vehicles, uh-huh. depending upon you know, time of day and, and expected load. The buses have a rack out front. Some hold two bikes, some hold three bikes. Mm. It was originally two, and I think they're just you know evolving to three mm-hmm. on all bikes. Yeah, L.A. here, uh, we can only accommodate two on our buses, and that's, yeah, sometimes a cause for a little bit of frustration. Uh, Yeah, I I think only once have I been caught where the rack was already full. That's good. And your picture's on it. (laughs) Which is also good. No, that that was a light rail. Oh, so, yeah, with well, light rail, uh, if um, if there's room in the entry area, you can also stand with your bike hmm. in addition to the um, uh, the four racks that are on there. Mm-hmm. So, so what other what other um, things do you want to do? You want to get out there about Phoenix and biking, or about the League of, of Bi- American League of Bicyclists? Bicyclists. Well, and uh, get some appreciation here to Kerry, um, uh, uh, one of his. Uh, staff, uh, invited me to uh, uh, do a little review of um, the light rail extensions and uh, rework the current going, the, the bike lanes near the light rail is what I'm trying to say. They have uh, improved things. Uh, somebody designed something and it was plopped in the laps of the city. And um, we had several suggestions, and most of which have been, been accepted. Hmm. So I'm glad to see that happening. And um, so they're open. Uh, okay. they're, they're really open to uh, to to the advocates. Yeah, yeah. Um, Carrie mentioned about you know we had a bicycle pedestrian coordinator. Uh, I'd like to see uh, you know full advocacy committee, either the mayor or, or the council level. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that would be uh, that would be ideal. I think. Um, you know, I, I also uh, just want to mention, too, the, uh, we deal with a lot of uh, neighborhood groups, a lot of, um, a lot of advocacy groups, and, um, uh, you know, so there's a lot of competition there, but uh, the bike group, uh, the bike advocacy groups have been um, usually pretty consistent, and um, for a lot of the, a lot of the street Work that we're doing, uh, you know, Phoenix does have a great grid system, and um, our streets are pretty wide open. Um, all of our new arterial streets, um, our cross sections, are designed um, with room for uh, bike lanes. A lot of our collector streets or our medium-sized streets are are also uh, that way. But the biggest problem that we have right now is trying to uh, take a street that's, or a city that's grown up basically around the car, the automobile, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, try and retrofit not only bicycle lanes into the street grid, but really, um, a th- you know, a way of thinking uh, for most, most drivers um, of you know, what I'm sharing the road with bikes and, um, you know, it's it's sometimes a daunting task 
uh, we take a look every year at our uh, our bike crashes. Um, and the uh, I guess the good news is that our bike crashes are actually down for the last uh, last three calendar years. Hmm. Um, we uh, what, what do you attribute that to? Well, um, we the missing piece of information. I mean, I could I could say that it's it's attributed to uh, uh, you know. Uh, Better street design, yeah. <laughs> yeah, better street system. But um, one of the problems in our in our analysis is we don't know what the number of bicyclists on the road at any given time are. So um, we don't know whether it's actually dropping because there are fewer bicyclists or because there are fewer bicyclists being hit. Um, mm. But we we are seeing a drop. Um, and, um, Great. Yeah, I got to take a look at that data. You asked me to do some review. Yeah, we're hoping yeah. that it, it's um, it's a harbinger of good things. Um, and we have uh, about thirty three thousand crashes on city streets each year uh, of all types of vehicles. Um, but uh, for the last year that we have data for, uh, four hundred of those were four hundred four hundred and forty of those crashes were actually um, car bike. Um, but for obvious reasons, um, even though there are very few, relatively very few crashes between bicyclists and cars, the overwhelming majority of bicycle crashes um, end up in an injury or a death to a bicyclist. Um, so yeah, it's not exactly equal. Yeah. 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 <laughs> right. Yeah, and of course you, know, you see the same thing with pedestrians as well, but. Uh, what we're trying to f- uh, figure out is uh, how to use the crash data in such a way that we um, uh, we can educate drivers um, and bicycle riders, uh, for the most part, um, on how to protect themselves and how to be better um, better road users. Yeah, the uh, the last study I, I saw pretty well that you know, Joseph presented to us. Um, I did come up with a question that because um, you had it broken up by month and you know, a lot of breakdown of data, mm-hmm. but I was wondering the fact of because our lightness, hours of darkness, and hours of daylight, you know, vary uh, across specifically across the commute times, uh, you know, between winter and summer. How much that affected it, and I'm, I'm not sure that was uh, was captured. Um, yeah, I don't know that it was. Um, it'd be uh, it'd be relatively easy to capture, um, you know, because we can we can track the um, average sun up sun down times and you know as it changes, yeah. which is pretty uh, well known by, on a day by day basis throughout the uh, year. Yeah. Right. But um, it seems like uh, in most cases, in most years, the um, you know the high bike crash months are going to be April, March, September, October. Um, the high crash days are going to be during the middle of the week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and um, your crash times are going to be morning and afternoon commute yeah. when you have um, you know the most number of both bi- both bicyclists and cars on the road. Um, but the months, the months I, you mentioned are the are the calmest in terms of, of temperature. I mean, never really gets that cold. Yeah. Rarely gets that cold. Yeah. Um, in, in the 
winter, but still people, uh, ah, it's spring, it's great, we're riding. Yeah. And then in the fall, ah, glad the heat's over. Let me let me ride a little bit of riding. Right. Yeah. So, but the date I think you have is pre, um, you know, five dollar gasoline charges. Yeah. Yeah. It'll so, be interesting to see how that. Um, we just got the 2008 crash data, and it'll be interesting to see what the uh, what the effect is um, of the uh, the higher gas prices. Well, what's the There's a couple of radio stations uh, here in Phoenix? Uh, I was directed to uh, answer a few questions on air, and it was right at the time where, you know, gee, all these new, more, more bicyclists are on the roads. How, how are we sharing? <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, the, you know, the other thing to keep in mind is when we get, um, uh, whenever we get a downturn in the economy, all crashes go down. Um, car crashes are down as well, um, although not, you know, not as... Um, Still getting over thirty thousand crashes. Yeah. <laughs> Let's try to keep them down and, and pump the economy at the same time. Well, that's right. Why yeah, is that? Right. Okay. Why? Why? I go for that. Okay. Yeah. Well, hey, um, Steve, you asked the last question. You want do you want to? Uh, well, let's see. Um, I don't have anything. I, right I, the I got something. Um, do you? Do you, are there cities that you follow in terms of bike infrastructure or advocacy, like models and? Is there something that, about your city that you feel that others should follow? Uh, it's a great question. Um, I guess I would say that, um, you know, when we look at um, uh, bike advocacy, the sort of the, you know, the places I look for, I think about, are Portland, Washington area, mm-hmm. and the, I mean, Portland and the state of Washington, and, you know, the areas up in the northwest uh, part of the country. Um, mm-hmm. I think when you look at city planning, um, people tend to um, kind of look to the northeast, uh, where you have cities that are actually set up with the density that you can, um, you know, you can use uh, bikes as a more viable um, uh, daily transportation alternative. Um, but um, you know, you really have a you really have a lot of things going on. It's hard to actually look at a city and say we want to be like that. Um, but I, I would say that that um, right now, um, you know, we are we are trying to work our um, work bikes into our um, street grid as best we can. But we're really looking, I think, at the cities of um, of Tempe and Scottsdale uh, as far as um, as far as um, nearby local models, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, recently, did Fifteenth uh, Avenue there, and, and uh, yeah. a month or so after it was opened, I uh, I pedaled literally the whole length. One of my rental houses is is a block away, okay. and um, so I had an opportunity. And it's a cool thing, and and it was nice. Yeah, that's good. It was, it was a half section street. You know, we talk about the, the main grid is is everything's on a mile. Uh, basis and the uh, half section street, so-called collector street, half mile between the main streets. Fifteenth uh, Avenue is one of them, and so although it does have a uh, you know good amount of traffic, it's got to be thousands of cars a day, but it's it's not four lane you know, 
Boulevard that um, uh, some of the uh, section streets are. Yeah. So it was able to uh, have a lane, a uh, two-way two left turn lane, a, a motor vehicle lane, and a, and a uh, bike lane on each side. And um, you probably had still probably collecting uh, accident or collision statistics on that app, aren't you? We are. We are. Although, you know, I... Um uh, it's kind of kind of interesting. We've probably put more bike lanes in in Phoenix uh, where we're retrofitting them. We probably put more of them in in the last few years as a result of traffic calming than as a direct response to, hey, let's put a bike lane here. Um, uh, we, used, yeah. um, we use bike lanes quite a bit to eat up pavement um, where otherwise you would have a, you know, a 19, 20-foot lane you can put a bike lane in, and it cuts it down to, not only does it cut it down by five feet, you know, something like 15 feet, uh, but it also uh, forces traffic away from um, the sides of the road. Um, and it, you know, it really defines where, uh, where cars and bikes and, to some extent, pedestrians need to be. Um, so we've used that uh, technique uh, in a lot of places, um, and as a result, the bike trail or bike route grid has uh, has really expanded. Um, you didn't do it just for us? <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, I'd like to think that, but... <laughs> yeah. you, you touched on a question that uh, Nick asked me um, when we talked a couple of days ago, uh, encouraging the to ride farther out into the, the street, because uh, people tend to change lanes farther back. Um, if you're hunched up against the curb, all you're doing is encouraging the uh, motor vehicleist to, to pass you when there is not enough lane closer to you and where there's not enough space to do it safely. Right. When you're mm-hmm. out there and, and claim you're, you know, you're the legal um, part of the, of the road, uh, people recognize that. Same of course. Wearing bright clothes and being very obvious and consistent is part of the equation, too. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. All right. Well, maybe we should have, a, you know, a, a segment where we talk about all of the stuff that you can learn in one of your courses, Gene. Uh, I'd, I'd like to do that. Yeah, maybe we'll do that, uh, like, next week or something. Or, okay. Or something. Um, we actually do that one live. But, uh, oh, yeah. That'd be great. So, I, um, I think... <laughs> Yeah, well, let's let's talk. And um, I also, so do you guys have any? Um, we call them shout outs. That means like uh, people you want to thank. I guess you wouldn't might know that. Um, well, I I'd, I'd like to thank uh, the biking community in Phoenix. I think they um, I think they've really uh, changed the um, I don't know changed the discussion. As I indicated, uh, Phoenix has really been set up as a um, uh, an automobile city, and um, the uh, the biking community has uh, has been shouting from the rooftops for some time that uh, we want uh, we want uh, a place recognition. To... You know, we're yeah. a legitimate form of transportation, and right. and well, we're talking to the to the choir here, but you know, ten year old kids that have diabetes because their mother's driving to school, 
And then the mothers go to gyms and ride stationary bicycles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let that mm-hmm. one wash over you for a few minutes. Mm-hmm. So it's great that, you know, things yeah. are improving. I'd like to see uh, the police have enough time to uh, enforce things like night lights and riding the wrong way mm-hmm. on streets. Yeah. yeah. It's a big problem. But uh, You're talking about bicyclists riding the wrong way down streets? Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, one of the great things that is uh, going on there's a bike path near where I live called Highline Back Bike Path, and it's uh, six seven miles long, and it's the very first one that was uh, put together in in, uh, in Phoenix. Uh, the city has did hire a um, consultant, and he designed a, a very nice parkway uh, that talks about pedestrians, it talks about there's park benches for it, and uh, some of the other things, and um, the, some of the construction is, is in progress. Uh, there's one place where an arroyo uh, crossed the bike path to a uh, canal, and uh, this arroyo drained from South Mountain, near where I live, and so in the rainy season, I uh, couldn't use the bike path for, for a little while, though. They're actually um, ameliorating that now. And uh, have you heard the status of this uh, project, Gary? Um, I haven't. I know that Joe is working out some of the details. In fact, I think he is um, in the new in his new position. I think he is um, uh, working on that project as one of the project managers. Ah, great. But uh, Joe is our old uh, bike um, uh, bike advocate. Right. Uh, and, uh, Avid cyclist himself. Yeah, yeah, pretty avid. Um, but I, that's going to be a good project when uh, when it gets done. Yeah. And I'm sure the we said the, the budget thing is, has uh, hit this as well. Yeah, so. yeah. Can't last forever, though. Oh, right. <laughs> okay. So, guys, I want to follow up, and I want to um, keep up with this, and I want to put any articles you have on our uh Page at KPFK. Oh, super! And okay, well, I can give you our uh, our URL, the, the coalition. It's www.cazbike.org. The C, of course, stands for coalition, and the AZ is ArizonaBike.org. I already talked about the uh, BikeLeague.org. That's the League of American Bicyclists. Mm-hmm. And the City things have a URL or two, doesn't it, Gary? Uh, we do, www.phoenix.gov. Okay, great. Well, thank you, thank you very much, both of you, Carrie and well, Gene. Thank you for calling us. And uh, check out the podcast on KPFK next week, and um, we'll be in touch as much as possible. Sounds good. Thanks, Nick. Thanks, right. Gary. Thanks a lot. Have a good and day. Steve. Thank you. Good night. Good night. Good night.